Welcome to episode number 92 of the Active Geek Podcast, and in this episode we are doing another creator spotlight that makes three this summer, and not to be one-upped by our previous creator spotlights like Stephen King and Jack Kirby, we are tackling the man, the myth, the legend, George R.R. R. Martin, a fellow New Jerseyan like me and Chuck, and we are going to talk about a little bit of his life. Some of his other works, other than A Song in Ice and Fire, we are also going to talk a lot about A Song of Ice and Fire, and if you don't know what that is, it's also known as Game of Thrones, which is a hit, and if you haven't seen it, I recommend watching it. But we want to share a little more about George R.R. Martin that people may not know about him, and give you a look into the life of the man that we both respect. It's a fun discussion, so make sure you uh, you listen to it. It's a really cool episode. Uh, So without any further ado, this is episode number 92 of the Active Geek Podcast, entitled Creator Spotlight, George R.R. Martin. Welcome back to the Active Geek Podcast. I am your host, Jim DeLulo, and I am joined, as always, by Chuck Miller, my co-host. And this is part two of our back-to-back recording weekend, Chuck. Yes, it it's is. It's like an extravaganza. We're recording two podcast episodes for here. I'm recording a podcast episode for Galaxy Wars, and then we're going to see Inhumans. And this is all being backdated because this is going to be like the middle of September. Yeah. This is Labor Day weekend. But that's the beauty of this thing. We are going to be embarking on, Chuck, our third, I believe, creator spotlight of 2017. Yes. Sounds about right. And this is... The third in the last two months. <laughs> so we did Stephen King. Yes. Jack Kirby. And we're going to talk about the man known as GRRM, George R.R. R. Martin, who was born September 20th, 1948. Just two hours and four minutes away from where we sit right now, Chuck, in Bayonne, New Jersey, which is very, very cool. So I wanted to do a curator spotlight, and I like creator spotlights. How do you feel about it? I do like them because it, it, it dives a little more into not just their property but the person itself. Yeah, you, you know their work, but you don't know the people behind it sometimes. Yep. Like we did. We covered Tolkien. We covered Stanley, obviously. Jim Henson. Jim Henson and the other guys that we focused on earlier. But we have never t- – covered george rr R. martin and we've done game of thrones stuff and i feel like we need to pay homage to the man who is giving us the blessing us with the most popular television show in my mind of all time yeah um so like i said he's a fellow new jerseyan just like you and i so it's extra special this episode that we get to celebrate our, our blood as far as our our new jersey heritage i wonder how he would feel about kamala khan being our avenger <laughs> i don't know maybe don't know. He'd be, maybe he'd be on board but this is the thing about George R. R. Martin. Not only is he a great writer, Chuck, he's a great chess player. Is he? It's another thing that him and I have in common. I would I've... I would love to sit down, one, and talk chess with him, or play chess, and talk wolves. Because he's a big wolf enthusiast, and I love wolves. So it would be really cool for me and George R. R. Martin just to sit down and just... Talk about wolves. Wolves and play, and play chess. chess. I'd do it. I'd, I've never I'd, played chess. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm re- pretty good at chess. I love it. I'll teach you one day. It's not a bad, not a hard game. I'll teach you. And also, he became a full-time writer in 1979, 
and he started attending science, or he has been attending science fiction conventions since 1970. So he, when you think of nerds and geeks, George R. R. Martin is creme de la creme. He's like a proto nerd. Like he's he was the nerd before it was cool. Yeah, you know what I mean. So he is an OG nerd, and I would like to pay respect to our OG brethren. So when you hear George R. R. Martin, what is the very first thing that comes to your mind? Death. Death. Death and dishonor. Yeah. Oh my God, beheadings. And it, because you know, Game of Thrones is. Yeah. The main property that he is famous for. That really put him on the map for you, right? Yeah. Game of Thrones. Um, and a lot of death. Yeah. A lot of death that you don't see coming. Uh, a lot of characters that you love. And he, no one's safe. Yeah, he's one, he's he's the guy who says, okay, you like this character? Good, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. And we saw that with Ned Stark. And we see that with, a lot, with Rob Stark, mainly the Starks. But, like, he, he doesn't care. He'll kill him if he has to. And that's what I really respect about him because... You could just take Ned Stark from from Game of Thrones, the book, all the way to Dances with Dragons, and he could still be in it. And he could be your hero. But he said, you know what? He's a strong character. I'm going to create even more stronger characters. Well, what I, I like about him. it is, too. Dice, slice and dice. He, he's got an idea. Yeah. And it's not, you know, this person's popular, so I'm going to keep him. No. Their death have meaning, though. That's the, that's the other thing. It's not a senseless death. Yeah. Majority of them are... There's a meaning behind it, and there's an agenda. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like Joffrey, Joffrey's death. Joffrey and Ramsay yeah. and Ned's and their death had a purpose. Yeah. Even Theon's junk getting cut off, like had that it. had a purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of these things that, like, when I think of George R. R. Martin, I think he, I think of just one of the most creative minds I've ever come in contact with ever. You know what I mean? I've I've read the books, and we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but. For him to sit down and create such an iconic story like A Song in Ice and Fire and that world, it made me think of calling him something, right? Yeah. So what I wanted to call him was the, the American version of J.R.R. Tolkien because he kind of – if it weren't for Tolkien, I don't think we'd have no Game of Thrones. So he took what Tolkien did and turned it into his own and I think he's like the American version of Tolkien. And, I, w- I would have to agree with that. And you're not the only one because I did more research. And like this is as as I was doing my research. And I'm taking credit for calling him it. But Lev Grossman from Time called him the American Tolkien years, years ago. Like I don't read Time. So I would have never known that until I went on like his Wikipedia page. Yeah. But just going into before researching this, I would have thought that he was like the, my version of Tolkien. Yeah. Because I wasn't alive when Tolkien was writing. Nah, I- I'm alive when Grum. I'm going to call him Grum. George R. R. Martin, when uh, when he was alive, but I also think of just that he's an amazing writer of sci-fi, horror, and fantasy. So he writes a lot of stuff that nerds really like and stuff that geeks really like. So again, proto nerd, great writer. Mount, he's a Mount Rushmore writer for me. I think he would supplant Stephen King in my mind because I like more of his works. But we're going to go into his works, and some of his works are are known. And some of his works aren't known, but for what it's worth, he has 40 published books or works, Chuck. That's 14 short stories, seven novellas, and 12 novels. He has four more books in the works, and all of them are Song and Ice and Fire related. He wrote eight 1986 Twilight Zone episodes, 16 episodes of the 1987 to 1990 Beauty and the Beast series. He sold his first work, The Hero, 
to the Galaxy magazine in 1970 at age 21. So again, at 21, I was worried about getting my first yingling. And he was writing books and selling them, selling stories. By 23 in 1973, his story With Morning Comes Mistfall was nominated for Hugo and Nebula Awards, two of the biggest sci-fi awards ever. And his first novel, Dying in the Light, was published in 1977 at age 27 or 28. So that's crazy. I haven't accomplished any of that stuff. And I'm 30. (laughs) By 28, he sold a story already. He was nominated for Hugo and Nebula Awards. And he has first public book published ten years before I was even bored, right? So you fast forward to today, he's got thirty-seven literary awards, winning, either winning or not being nominated, right? Yeah. So he's won six Hugo awards, two primetime Emmys, and two Nebula awards, out of thirty-seven. So I mean, his ratio isn't. <laughs> ugh. His ratio isn't isn't very good, but I mean, he's halfway there. So I think he's great. So what are some of the works that you were familiar with, if any, before, like, was it just Game of Thrones? Um, I wasn't familiar with anything. Jeez. Um, going back and researching, the only other stuff that I've seen is the Beauty and the Beast show with Ron Perlman. Um, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. And I didn't know at the time that it was George R. R. Martin. Yeah. Uh, but I, I remember watching that as a kid, and my family was watching it, whatever. So, um so before Game of Thrones, nothing. That is the only thing now that I've watched, actually now to this date, the only thing that I, besides Game of Thrones, is The Beauty and the Beast with Ron Perlman and Linda Hamilton. Okay, I've I watched some of the Beauty and the Beast stuff. Um, I have to admit, I did watch the '86 Twilight Zone because my dad loves Twilight Zone. Again, these are I I really didn't pay attention to the writers, yep. and I don't think anybody really did back then or do now, honestly. Um, so I, I did see those, but it wasn't like, oh, George R.R. R. Martin wrote these, so I need to watch them. Uh, I did, I read A Song in Ice and Fire probably in, I don't know, like the early 2000s when they were first, like, I think it was like 2008 I started reading A Song of Ice and Fire. So it was right before the show was getting in there. That's when I was in this big hole. I'm going to start reading every book I see phase, and I started with Game of Thrones, or well, Song of Ice and Fire. But I did, I heard about, and it's on my list of stuff I want to start reading, is Skin Trade. I think, first of all, I think that's an awesome... That sounds kind of creepy. It's an awesome name. And we're going to get into skin tra- trade a little bit. But that really, it was A Song of Ice and Fire. That was the main thing I knew, his literary works. I didn't read The Hero or With uh, Morning Comes Mistfall or Dying in the uh, Dying of the Light. None of that stuff. That was all, again, 10 years before I was born. So. so the only thing I was familiar with was, you know, the stuff that came out after I was born, like Game of Thrones. I'm pretty sure it, started, it came before I was born. I hope so. Yeah, they came in the 90s. Um, so when was the first time you heard of him? Was it was it in like 2011 when they announced that Game of Thrones was going to be a series? Yes, it was. All right. So I I never knew him before. Um, I never heard of a Song of Ice and Fire or Game of Thrones before this. And what's crazy is a lot of people still don't know that it's based off Game of Thrones is based off of a Song of Ice and Fire, where Game of Thrones is the the very first book in a Song of Ice and Fire. So a lot of people are like, oh, I read the Game of Thrones series. No, you've read Game of Thrones, which is one book, then A Clash of Kings, then a, uh, Feast of Raven, uh, Feast of Crows, then A Storm of Swords, and then Dances with Dragons. So first of all, great names. Yeah. Feast of Crows might be my favorite. Like, that's a metal band. <laughs> like, that, you and I should start a, a geek metal band called A Feast of Crows. I'm in. I got a bass guitar looking I, at You're looking at it right now. That's I've, all I can play. 
and then it, then you can play it. I'll play a ukulele and a didgeridoo, and I'll scream. We'll make a Hobbit and Westeros songs. <laughs> if, dude, we got two years from now to the next episode, next season. We can make an album about Westeros and be featured in the last last episodes. I'm in. Let's do it. All right. You heard it here first. Feast of Crows, the very first band from Active Geek Productions. It's happening. Let's get it. Um, so all you knew was A Song of Ice and Fire, mainly Game of Thrones in the the, the last yeah. seven years. And then I didn't know anything about it until actually at the time I didn't have HBO. Yeah. And I, um, it was like a – I think it was, it was at my ex's brother's house. Yeah. And it was – I think it was like a – housewarming party or something and yeah we've talked about this that like the first time you saw game of thrones was at a housewarming party yeah it's perfect (laughs) perfect housewarming stuff and he was like yo did you see game and it it premiered but it was like on on demand or aaron again and he was like yo did you see because you like like sci-fi and all that and i was like and fantasy and all everything i was like yeah i do he's like oh I put this on, and then like people are drinking and hanging yeah. out. Me and him are just sitting there watching Game of Thrones. That's a fancy way of saying you're a nerd, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's nothing says welcome to my house like beheadings and incest. So funny, thing, <laughs> and then then I watched it, and then my buddy was like, "Oh, did you watch Game of Thrones?" I was like, "Yeah, I've seen one episode, but I don't have HBO." And he was like, "Oh, here's my HBO Go." Yeah. So that's how I watch it now. I have HBO. Yeah, you but, need uh, HBO for. If, if anything, you need HBO just for Game of Thrones. Yeah, they, I don't they, think I watch anything else. I don't there. think I watch any movies on it. I don't think... I no, think that is it. The movies that come on HBO are movies that I've already seen. Yeah. You know, like th- eight months later. So the only thing I knew, the first time I heard about them was, like I said, 2008, when I started reading Game of Thrones. And, you know, you're looking in the studio right now. You can see my Game of Thrones books right under my TV yes. with my Game of Thrones bookends and some, some pops and a statue and some little mystery minis. I'm a Game of Thrones fanatic. I'm going on a 13 and a half hour tour, Chuck. I told you, and you reacted crazily. But I'm going on a 13 and a half hour tour in Ireland. And by the time this posts, I've already been back, and you know we'll we'll talk about that. But specifically designated to the Game of Thrones filming locations. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm super pumped. So that's when I first heard him, 2008. Where I said he he ranks higher than Stephen King for me. Where would you rank him in terms of the other creators that we talked about? And that's Stan Lee, Kirby, King, uh, Henson, Tolkien. Where where does he rank? I'll be honest with you. He's he, at the bottom. He's at the bottom. Only, and this is my opinion, only because I'm not familiar with all his work. Yeah. All the other ones, I'm very familiar with most of their work. I've seen almost, not seen, but I've seen a ton of stuff that um, they have created. I've only seen the Game of Thrones TV show. So I'm not very well versed in George R. R. Martin. Not saying that I think he's worse than the other ones. Yeah. And to me itself, I don't know enough to say put him on my top three. Yeah, and you know, and that's that's fair because you know, if anybody knows the the dynamic between the two of us, you're not a reader. No. You, know, you don't sit down and read novels. You don't one. You don't have enough time, and you've said it before. You don't have enough focus to get no, immersed no. into it. And the Song of Ice and Fire is extremely a tough read because each chapter is based on a different character's perspective, and you may not see them until another book. So you know you would need like a map. So if you don't have enough time, and if you if you have family and a full time job, reading these periodically is really rough. So I can completely understand that you've never read the rest of his stuff. So 
for him being an author, you really don't know a lot of his stuff. And I get it. For me being someone, listen, I, I, I've said it before, I love to write. You know, I would love to be a, a full-time writer if I could, but, you know, I really can't be. I try to take inspiration from other writers. So George R. R. Martin, I was able to read his books fairly easily because they were quick for me. But I'm going to put him – all right, so it's tough because I'm going to go Stanley and Kirby at number one. I'll go Henson two. I'm going to go – Martin three, Tolkien four, and then um, Stephen King five. Okay, and that's where that's where I think I'm going to go because mainly because it I was a late bloomer to the Lord of the Rings stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and I had already seen Game of Thrones before I saw the original Lord of the Rings. I would probably have to do Stanley Kirby one. Yeah, Henson two. Uh, Tolkien three. Tolkien three. King for and Martin. Five. Yeah, well, yeah, because I mean, you've you've can and for the most part, all of those their properties have been adapted to movies, television, everything like that. Yeah, but way before George R. R. Martin stuff has been. Yep. So I, I can completely see, and I'm not going to argue your fact because again, this is all subjective. So we can. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty about our podcast is that we're not going to attack each other for our feelings. No, not at all. Because this is a safe zone. <laughs> it's a Switzerland. Yeah. So. We're going to we're going to talk about his major work, the one that you're familiar with and the one that I'm most familiar with, A Song in Ice and Fire, which is a Game of Thrones story. What are you what are you what do you think about it? Now, we're going to do a Game of Thrones lead-in for season 8, and we're going to cover the, all the seven seasons in, in all the seven kingdoms. But right now we're going to just talk about our general feelings about it. So, like I said, it's it's a Game of Thrones story is A Song of Ice and Fire, and it's comprised of four books game of thrones which came out in 1996 clash of kings came out in 1998 a storm of swords 2000 a feast of crows our metal band in 2005 and then uh, it's five books i'm sorry a dances with a dance with dragon in 2012 with two more books on the way you have the winds of winter which we're still waiting on george so if you're listening let's let's hurry that up and then a dream dream of spring which is the final song of ice and fire story so what do you think of the his major work of Game of Thrones story? I, I really like it. I, I love it. Um, to me, how you were calling him the American uh, Tolkien. Yeah. To me, it's a darker Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. Uh, by far. Lot lot of more lot, a lot of sex. A lot more sex. Uh, a lot more death. Yeah, you didn't see a lot of the hobbits banging. No, and that would uh, uncomfortable. A lot of blood. A lot of blood. A lot of death. Um, there were there was death in uh, Lord of the Rings, but nothing like we see in a you know and in, in again, the the George R. R. Martin universe. Someone got a junk cut off. So. Yeah, well, if you look at it, you make a really great point. So Tolkien is mainly he he's fantasy. Lord of the Rings is specifically fantasy. George R. R. Martin writes fantasy, sci-fi, and horror. So you definitely see the horror elements in his fantasy. Yeah, you don't see sci-fi, and I think it would be completely. It'd be if, awful if, if like, if this was all aliens. simulation and, like, yeah, it would be terrible. But was there anything else that you really, like, want to talk about as far as his work? Yeah, I mean, I I love it. The only issues I have with the show itself is I think it takes too long between seasons. Yeah. And this isn't a bad thing, but for me, and this is kind of goes into that they take too long, is there's so many characters. Yeah. So it's so extent 
and so vast that sometimes I get lost. Yeah. Because of this character hasn't been seen in, you know, this season. It's the fifth episode of this season, but we haven't seen this character since, you know, the second to last season. Yeah, if you look at it from a perspective of this season, we're going to talk about this season, but spoiler free, except for this part. We haven't seen Dario. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where the hell is Dario at? <laughs> and at all. Yeah. So, like, that's what I mean. Like, they... It it's a great show. Yeah. I think it's fantastic, but they take too long between seasons, and there's so many characters and there's so many storylines that you need to cover. To when you don't see a character for seven or eight episodes, and you know the last time you seen them was fourteen months ago. Yeah. You've unless you binge and try to watch everything before the next season, some of it can be kind of lost. Yeah. I don't get lost because I've read the books, so I, I understand the character storylines, but that's the big argument about people making that they like, oh, I want more episodes. If you get more episodes, that means you're, they're going to introduce more characters because there's so many more characters that are in the book that you haven't been introduced to. You know what I mean? They've introduced you to characters that aren't in the books, um, but you're getting to the point where if it was a 23-episode season, like Arrow and S.H.I.E.L.D. and Gotham and stuff like that, Imagine how lost you would be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It would, have been, it would have been way too intense, way too crazy. And you'd be like, oh, who's this? Who, who's that? So the 10 episodes are perfect. And HBO, they know what they have. So they release it each year. And, you know, they could do it twice a year. And the seasons could have been done. And we could have been in the spinoff. But the, mo- the most part was, I think HBO was waiting for George R. R. Martin to finish his book. Because now they're in uncharted territory. You know what I mean? They don't know where they're, where they're going to start writing because they want to make sure... You know, they don't ruin it for everybody, which is, I, I get. But it, it, what you said, being getting lost, is something that I wrote as a, a strength for me. It's some of the best character developments in any type of media that I've, oh, ever, it that, is. That I've ever consumed, whether books, musicals, movies, television shows, comic books, anything. Like the character development in this, like you can take minor characters and turn them into major characters, like Masandi. She was just a slave girl, and they made they they gave her such a important arc. Or somebody like who, like who runs a brothel, like Littlefinger, you know, Lisa Aaron and John Aaron and the every friggin' Baratheon bastard. They give you all these storylines to the point that you're still guessing and you're still trying to piece it together on like how does this how does side A meet with side B? How does this work? How does that work? Where does that person come from? It it's so complex that it each season is an event in itself. You know, some people, it's kind of like, you ever watch Talking Dead? Uh, not really. Okay, so this actress, Yvette Nicole Brown, takes notes every episode. And she's like, she's and she writes down everything and like, there's highlight remarks and like arrows and everything. I feel like that's what people need to do with Game of Thrones. Yeah. Because you need to like, you need to go out there and like really find out who does what. But there's really cool books out now. And I think they're on Audible, where it gives you like a, a map of where where the character was last seen as they returned to the storyline. You know what I mean? So like if Arya, you don't see her in book two and three, but she comes back in book four, you can click on Arya and find out what she's done mm-hmm. where and where we last left off, which is really cool. So in my mind, The Song of Ice and Fire is one of the greatest stories that I've ever consumed in general. It's one of my favorite stories. I think it's amazing. 
I can't talk more about it. In fact, that I, I was like, I really want to do a Game of Thrones episode, but I don't want to spoil it, so I made this episode. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I was like, I want to talk just about so it. Just so you can talk about it. Yeah. It, it's just one of those things that the book is phenomenal, and it's crazy that every book didn't win an award, and it was beat out by something, but... It, it's so cool, and just the the writing style that it is from each chapter is from a character perspective, is amazing, and it's a testament because imagine you know it took George R. R. Martin two years to p- publish each book. Subsequently, imagine being the writer and trying to remember where they went back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Littlefinger's chapter one in book two, but he's not back until chapter fifteen in book three. You know what I mean? But you have to go back and wonder where they are, and you have to build on why we haven't seen him. Which is amazing. I, I wish I had an ounce of creativity that George Martin had. Because I would at least have some, something on Sci-Fi Channel. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have anything on HBO or Netflix like that. But maybe like Investigation Discovery. Maybe a, or Lifetime I'd have something. But we're going to talk in the rankings. And I think this is where it's going to get kind of fishy. Because we've tried rankings with Game of Thrones before. And you and I never seem to agree. So let's see if it, if we can agree on it. Where does Game of Thrones rank in terms of the television today? It's in my top three. Okay, let me hear your your top three. Uh, Arrow, Flash, Game of Thrones. Okay. HBO bought the rights in 2007, so a year before I started reading it. And it began airing in 2011. From 2011 to 2017, I think it is the best television show on any service right now. It beats all the Netflix stuff. It beats Walking Dead, it beats Arrow, it beats Flash, it beats everything because it hasn't had a bad season no. in my mind. Where Arrow season five or season four I didn't like, you know what I mean? Supergirls all seasons I didn't like. You know, The Walking Dead had a slow season and Iron Fist I didn't like. Game of Thrones continues to put out stellar performances each season. See, I... I ranked it third because I'm more of a superhero. Yeah. Not. So I gravitate more of that. Now, I do love Game of Thrones. I think it's great. I do love fantasy. Yeah. But I tend to gravitate more towards uh, the superhero. I I hear where you're at. And the thing about the superhero and why I put Game of Thrones ahead of it is because at this point, you know, we're six seasons in the Arrow. And that's like 120 episodes. Right? So, of course, there's going to be bad morsels that we're going to get. We're at like 60, 70 episodes for Game of Thrones. So it's less of a chance for you to mess up where Arrow or Flash or Walking Dead can have really slow parts mm-hmm. to build storylines. And also, they're they're given like 10 characters to build around. Yeah. Where Game of Thrones has 150 characters to build yeah. around. So it's it's apples to oranges in, in the terms. But, you know, it it's number one in my top three and the other two made the top three. So... You know what I mean? We have the same top three, just different orders. The next question. All time, where does it rank? Uh, it's probably up there. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't a big TV show fan until about maybe 10 years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe a little longer than that and Lost. Okay, so let's let's start there because I was going to throw out some, some names. Lost, does it beat Lost? Yes. Okay. Sopranos. I've never watched it. Okay. But I'm going to... I've watched three episodes of Sopranos. I'm going to say it beats Sopranos. Breaking Bad. Yes. Likewise. Dexter. Yes. The X-Files. Uh, never really... I've watched the newer season. So, uh, yes. Did you ever see The Wire? 
No. People say The Wire is the Wire and Oz are the best TV shows. I've seen Oz. Does it beat Oz? Yes. All right, then I'm putting Game of Thrones number one all time for me. How about Laverne and Shirley? Does it beat Laverne and Shirley? Of course not. Oh, no. <laughs> what about uh, Laurel and Hardy? Um, I've seen a couple movies. Keeping up appearances. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to the BBC universe now. Um, so, do you think? Do you think it's number one? Well, I don't think it'd be number one because currently now it's not number one. What's your number one show? Ever? Yeah. Bobby Arrow. All right. I'm going Game of Thrones, number one. Just because, like, you you have so much more leeway in Game of Thrones than yeah. you do Arrow. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I get your point. I, I don't think Arrow makes my top three. I'm thinking Game of Thrones, Buffy. uh got to be something else that I liked up there. I can't remember. Maybe Walking Dead. I don't know, but Buffy's definitely up there for me. I, I don't know. I just think... It's the best fantasy show. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think, like... I know people who, who like Oz and like The Wire to be like, oh, it's the best show ever. But like, I think Game of Thrones is super dope. So I'm, I'm biased. It's hard for me to, like, I'm not, I'm not subjective in this part. So like, I'm a Game of Thrones fan. You're a Game of Thrones fan. All our superhero stuff is going to beat The Wire and Lost. And, yep. you know, all of our fantasy stuff is going to beat Dexter and Breaking Bad and stuff like that. So it's, again, all subjective. So I don't know. That's where I, I put it. Number one. Yep. Number one. And the reason why it eclipsed everything was this last season that we're going to talk spoiler-free yeah. about. What did you think of the last season? It was my favorite season. Oh, it was amazing. Um, it was... It had amazing stuff in it. Like, it had some great deaths. Which, that's not giving anything away because there are several deaths each season. Um, and big deaths. But yeah. we're not saying who's going to die. Uh or is dead now. No, man. The one death that we got in the last episode was like an, it was an oh shit moment for me. Just the way it happened because like I'm sitting there and like again, I read the books but it's been a while. So I don't I can't remember who all stays and who all goes. And again, it's TV so everything can be changed just like that. When that person died, I thought that that person was going to sit on the Iron Throne. Like, I think yeah, our first Game of Thrones you, you one. Were, like, you were predicting that. I thought that this person was the biggest background player. Yeah. That had had their hand in anything. And it was just like, whoop, see ya. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. It was, remember I told you about the, my reaction to the Battle of the Bastard where I had no shirt on. I put a shirt on. And then I was sweating <laughs> and I was hot. That you episode, were up yelling at the TV. It was that episode again. And Chelsea got to watch it this time with me. And I was freaking out. And I'm like, oh shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. And I'm just like, no, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. They're going to do that. They're going to do this. And she's like, Jim, just sit down. It's a television show. It, she was kind of embarrassed for me. Nobody else was watching. I'm just like, got my shirt off. got my shorts up to my nips. It was just really uncomfortable. Um, and fantastic special effects. Like, they're, they're dragons from episode, what, or season two when they first debuted, or maybe in the end of season one. From the beginning that we saw the dragons to what we have now is crazy. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. What about like the the inclusion of the, the whole White Walkers and stuff? Like do you Oh, uh, they're awesome. Yeah, it, it's kinda like the Night King, there's some theories out there. And then and then we also see like some different creatures that are night walkers. Oh that yeah. I'm not giving anything away, but they're epic. Yeah, it's not a spoiler alert with uh the bear. That white, bear. that white walker bear was super cool dude i i was why uh, my wife was in the kitchen 
cooking dinner. Yeah. Um, and I'm sitting there, and the white walker, I was like, whoa, yeah. whoa. And she's like, what, what? Like, she thought something was wrong. I was like, there's a white walker bear. And yeah. she's like, what? And I'm, like, freaking out because there's a white walker bear. Yeah, that was it was a really cool scene. And, Link, you got to see new characters emerge. Some of your favorite characters um, be, got a little more redemption. Um, and then you got some returning characters. You know what I mean? Got to see people that you haven't seen, like you had said, hadn't seen for like three or four seasons. And they come back and maybe save the day or they depart um, honorably. I don't know. There's one part where I, everyone's sitting here reacting to the, to the end, and I want to know what happened to one of my characters. And I can't tell it. I can't, can't say it, but I want to know what happened to my boy because we didn't really see what, uh, what happened with my, my character. Let's go to our favorite characters, Chuck. Who are some of your favorite characters that George R. R. Martin has created? Um, I mean, these are basically just from the show. Itself. You strike me as a Grey Worm fan. <laughs> like, specifically, you only like Grey Worm. Uh, Tyron Lannister. Tyrion? Tyrion, yep. Still I, can't pronounce his name. Nope. Three years, seven years worth of shows, three year, two years of the podcast, still can't pronounce his name. Tyrion Lannister. Okay. Um... Peter Dinklage is amazing. You used to like Agrit? Egret? Egret. I like the Hound still. Yeah. The Hound's really cool. Um, There's still more to come with the Hound. They kind of set it up with uh, in this season of what's going to happen with the Hound. With uh, I'm, I'm going to say, this might be a minor spoiler, but when he sees uh, the mountain. You know they're brothers, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, I like the White Walkers. Yeah, they're really neat. So the the White Walkers made your favorite characters. Yeah. All right. They're all right. badass. All right. So it's like Ice um, Darth Maul. Yeah. Well, the the Night King is is a is an Ice Darth Maul. The rest of them are just kind of like cold zombies from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Like that would be like like the generals from. Well, the one has like yeah. The Night King is. Is cool because he's got like the, the the frozen crown. Yeah. Then you have the other guy that rides the horse, the other White Walker with the long slicked back hair. He's cool. The rest of them are like the members of Anthrax that? and Mastodon. They 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 were in they were White Walkers. Yeah. And that they're just pretty much they're the wildlings that just froze. Yeah. So I mean they they're not cool, but like the the gen, yeah, the that's what I mean. The cool ones are. It's a cool concept. You know, you really don't ever hear about zombies in cold weather no you know what i mean this is the walking dead in alaska this is walking dead fairfax you know what i mean where everybody's just freezing cold so the white walkers is a really cool twist on essentially your zombies you know what i mean you really don't again like medieval zombies it gives you that fantasy that fantasy realm so you like tyron who uh it's here tyron lannister it's a, he's new to me but he he made my list. Tyrion made my list. Uh, as far as the books are, are concerned, uh, Tyrion, Jon Snow, and Danny, your main three. What's not to love about them? You know yeah. what I mean? They're all they're all really cool. I really like uh, Melisandre, the witch. Um, but my all time all time favorite is Tormund Giantsbane. Like I, I love him and Ghost. You know, and so much to the fact that I have a Tormund Giantsbane pop. I named my cat Ghost because it's all white and I couldn't get a dog, so. <laughs> It just had to deal with it. But do you know that there's two characters? And I may mention that there's two characters that are popular in the show but never made it to the book. 
No, I did not. So you got Podrick. Podrick, uh, Podrick Payne, who is uh, Gwendolyn Christie's Brianna Tarth, his, her apprentice. So he's not in the book. And Yara Greyjoy isn't in the book either. Theon doesn't have a sister. Oh. Theon's got like four brothers. And uh, yeah, Yara made it in there. What do you... Now, this is just... It's not on our, our sheet, but what do you think about Yorin Greyjoy? Is he... Where does he rank as far as Joffrey, Ramsay-type villains? Uh, he's up there. Is he number one? I think he's above Joffrey. Yeah, I mean, Joffrey only killed prostitutes. You, you, you know, um, I don't think he's Ramsay-level because we haven't really seen much of yeah. Yorin. Um, I love that his name's Yorin. Like, because he's just pissed all the time. Uh, but he's not... All right, so you take... The, the main villain, in my mind, is Cersei. Yeah. You know what I mean? And another thing to go back to the characters that George Martin created, where he gave his female characters all the power. Yes. You know what I mean? I can think of maybe two, three major... Yeah, three. I would say three major female deaths in the show. You have Catelyn Stark, Marjorie Tyrell, and then I will omit her name because she she's gone in this season. But that character that um, drank poison, yeah, there's three very strong female characters, and Cersei is your villain. I, whether it depends on how you you size it up, Cersei is a villain. Some people look at Cersei as a hero trying to save the world. I'm not on that side. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. But George R. R. Martin was, he could have just been like, all right, all the men are going to be super badass. They're going to be the heroes. The women, especially in those times, there weren't a lot of women in power. You know what I mean? There were queens, but they were just there to look pretty. He said, you know what? My female characters are going to be the most badass. And they're going to, the male characters are going to be expendable. Because you can always get a male character. You know, when Ned Stark dies, Rob Stark becomes someone's favorite. When Rob Stark dies, Jon Snow becomes someone's favorite. When Jon Snow, if Jon Snow dies, the Hound becomes somebody's favorite or Bran. No, Rickon never became anybody's favorite. Rickon can't even run diagonal. He can't run a good route in football. <laughs> He's just running straight. Oh, R.I.P. Ribbon. But, you know, I, I, that's a testament to his writing because he just, he was like, you know, what? I'm going to take these female characters and I'm going to make them as badass as possible. Look at what you have with Arya. Yeah. Arya's badass. In in ninety five percent of the shows on television, Arya would have been a victim. Yeah, Arya is like a, one of the most badass characters in the show. Yeah, she you, is. You know what I mean? She's S- a tiny assassin, right? Sansa has all the power in her hands, and she could either go by way of Ned Stark or by way of Cersei. She could be evil or she could be noble. You know what I mean? So you have that power struggle, and then you look at somebody like Danny, who is just a complete beast. She's got dragons. You know, my girl's got dragons just flying all over. She's got the Unsullied. She's got the Dothraki. She's got all the free people. It's crazy. It's crazy that, you know, George R. R. Martin has created this world. And also, he's kind of like Tolkien again, where Tolkien created Elvish language. George R. R. Martin created the Dothraki language. Yeah. There's a book at Barnes & Noble's called Learning the Dothraki Language. Are you serious? I think I'm going to buy it. And I think I'm going to do an entire episode in Dothraki. Uh, good luck. It'll be a solo episode. It will be a solo episode. It's just going to be me screaming at the microphone. Just because just, you, know, you heard their war cries. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not a uh, soft-spoken jazz type of uh, people. So do you think 
with the success of Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire, more of his works will be hitting TV and movie soon? Yeah, I do. I mean, because people are going to try to grasp the success of what he's done. So we're going to see a Martin verse a la the Miller verse that we covered in Kingsman. I can see that. Well, Wild Cards, his, his novel, is being adapted into a television series. But, you know, you hear these stories that, like, so-and-so bought this, the rights to this company or to the, yeah. this this novel, and it takes, like, 10 years to produce. And what is Wild Cards about? I don't know anything about Wild Cards. I just know that it's in in development. I wrote it on okay. my notes. Um, and the one that I want, that you know, that interests me in becoming a series is Skin Trade. I told you we were going to talk about it. Do you know what skin trade is? No, I do not. Don't worry, because I've got the synopsis here for you, Chuck. Skin trade was picked up to pilot in 2015 for Cinemax. Okay. Now, Cinemax, I have a love-hate relationship with them. I watched Banshee. Banshee was good. I think that was on, I'm pretty sure it's on Cinemax. But then I watched Outcast, and that's a Robert Kirkman production. And the first season was great. They haven't put out a second season, so I'm worried that the skin trade is going to take the first season as it's been picked up for pilot. It's going to make it and we're going to have to wait four or five years for another season. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is um, skin trade as per the the item description on Amazon. It is described as Randy Wade's world inspi- is spiraling into a dark labyrinth of secrets and lies. Her only friend is keeping something from her. Innocent victims are being savagely attacked and left for dead all but their skins. There is an eerie connection between the crime scenes and her own father's murder nearly 20 years ago. Unsolved to this day. Despite this, Chief of Police Joe Urquhart, her father's former partner and best friend, beckons her to drop the case, drop everything. Is he really protecting her or something else? As the case unfolds, Randy is pulled ever closer to realizing her darkest fear, that werewolves do exist and they'll do anything necessary to keep their secrets safe in the once quiet town even if it means killing their own all the while an eccentric but powerful family watches closely from inside the black iron gates of blackstone manor as the horrendous truth behind it all becomes begins to bubble towards the top Hmm. that sounds awesome well i didn't think i was like oh is this not fantasy and then as soon as you said werewolves i was like oh okay what was the when was the last time you saw a really good werewolf show? Never. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna take your silence as a very long time. Yeah. You know, Teen Wolf is out. I haven't watched it. I feel like it's more of a, a teeny bopper show. Yeah. And I don't think it has anything to really do with werewolves. I think they just kinda look gross and they fight each other. I don't know. And then True Blood. Hemlock Grove. Yeah. Did you watch all of it? No. Yeah, neither did I. And I think it... I, I watched the first couple episodes. I heard that was pretty cool. I, it didn't, it didn't um, get my attention. Okay. I think that this could be huge. Skin trade? The name even sounds awesome. Like, it, it's really, really cool. Like, that they just... They take all the bodies, but... They leave all the bodies, but they skin their people. Like, that's a violent yeah. horror. Like, that could be, like, the scariest show on television. Yeah, it's gotta be on a paid network. Yeah. I would have loved for... HBO to pick it up or even like a Netflix where it can be super graphic and scary yeah. but you know Cinemax will give it a shot it's got a you know it's been 2015 it's been two years now does it say what kind of era it's in because it doesn't really I mean it could be 
It does. It didn't say in the 1920s, or it could be modern day. It didn't say in this description, but I'm thinking like there's a place called Blackstone Manor. I'm thinking it's not current. Yeah. I mean, they could absolutely twist it into a current universe yeah. where it's like, you know, it's now and they, the Blackstone Manor is a hotel. Being current it would be cheaper. Yeah, and it would also be really cool. I'd like to see like the way that they try to track werewolves down with the technology, yeah. and if like if they found something else other than silver bullets to kill werewolves. Because I mean, back then you just all all you could do is kill them with silver bullets, mm. and silver wasn't a wasn't as a easily it's not easily attainable now. But like you can just melt down her necklaces and stuff. But yeah. there's not a lot of money to buy silver bullets, so a lot of people died. I don't know. Is that something you would watch? Yeah, definitely. Well, if it comes out, we're gonna do an episode on it, and we're gonna talk werewolves. Okay. I've been wanting to talk werewolves for a long time because I feel like <laughs> if I grow my beard long enough, I could be a werewolf. The last thing we're going to go to, Chuck, is where we can connect with the man, the myth, the legend, the father of American fantasy, George R. R. Martin. He actively contributes to his blog, which is called Not a Blog. Oh. So if you want to want to find out more about that, you can go to Not a Blog and uh, check that out. He goes to conventions all the time. He's going to be in New York next year, next August at a convention. Or it's not a convention. It's more of a um, it's called like TerrorCon or something like that. It's like a writer's seminar. I was like, oh, I can go and I can meet him. You know how much it cost? Looking like four sixty for a weekend. So I said, I'm nope. good. Yep, I'm I'm good on that as well. Um, he has a fan club. Who doesn't have? We should have a fan club. I wish we did. So please, someone start a fan club. <laughs> well, we need fans, Chuck. So we have some. We have yeah. Me and you, our wives, uh, my cats listen, and Tom. So maybe one, between one, one of the six of us, we'll be able to come up with a fan club. But his fan club is called the Brothers Without Banners. That's pretty badass. It is pretty badass. And I, I joined it. So I am now a brother without banners. So I'm hoping to get a uh, pin or something. And he does a lot of philanthropy where he supports the Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary. And if you were to donate $20,000 or more, you could have a character named and killed in the Song of Ice and Fire books. I don't know, $20,000 is something that I can easily attain to get my name in a book, but that would be awesome. And uh, he supports the Food Depot in Santa Fe. Pretty sure he lives in Santa Fe now, so he's not a New Jersey boy, but he'll always be born to run at his heart in Bayonne, New Jersey. So let's open up the Geek Gallery, Chuck. Oh, and last thing you can do is you can buy comics. Uh, Game of Thrones comics are available at comic book stores. So I think it's Clash of Kings is what they're on right now. So pick those up. They're, I think they're like three ninety nine. It's worth it. Check it out. Beautiful artwork. Let's open the Geek Gallery, Chuck. Do you have anything for this week's Geek Gallery? Um, I did a lot last Geek Gallery. You did. You blew your load in that Geek Gallery. Yeah, so uh, you can you can give it a shot. I might have some stuff. We talked about um, Brenton Twatties or Thwatties being cast yeah. as... Um, Briefly, but yes. Yeah, being cast as Nightwing in the Titan show. There's a rumor that he's not going to be Nightwing. He's actually going to be Robin. And I think Anna, I think her name's Anna Dopp, was cast as Starfire, and she was from Twenty Four yep, uh, Legacy. That's the only thing I've ever seen her. In. Yep. So we have, um, we have uh, Raven, Raven, Starfire, and Dick Grayson, and Dick Grayson. Let's just call him. Yeah, that we'll just call him Dick. And we have those three. So you're thinking that you're going to get Beast Boy next? Should be next. Now, do you go CGI Beast Boy, or do you go live action, paint him green, and then the transformation be CGI? uh the latter okay i'm with you as well 
But I've been hear- I've been hearing that there's going to be two other vil- uh, heroes to join the the fray, Hulk and Dove. Yes, I did see that. Uh, so we're not going to see Cyborg. I didn't think we would. We're not going to see Terra. Terra so, would be neat. Terra would be neat, and she's becoming more popular in the Titans and Teen Titans comic books now, uh, and as she has been very popular in uh, the animated universe as well with the was it the Teen Titans Judas contract she yes. was in, and that was really cool. So we're going to see Hawk and Dove, and eventually we'll do a Titans episode, uh, so you'll get another chance to see that. Uh, Gotham, there was a casting of uh, Professor Pig, Chuck. Yes. He's coming to Gotham, and it's the tick actor, Michael Cervesis, or Service. So he'll be in there in this season, so that's really cool. You have uh, a possible Marvel Inhumans and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. crossover has been um, been talked about, because I guess people are saying that you know the reviews for Inhumans have been horrendous yes i was telling you via text that ign their review said don't see it in imax don't even bother watching it that it's so sloppy and even at parts that uh you and ren they're like if you're thinking that you and ren's gonna save it the director didn't even notice that his accent was coming through like there's and like i've been reading all these reviews and saying it's the worst thing marvel's ever put out it has me worried yeah I'm still going to go see it. We've always been kind of leery of it since and we you know, go back and listen to episode 89 and uh, our Inhumans episode and see where we stand on it. So we've always been kind of leery. Um, so there's that. I watched the new DC animated Batman and Harley Quinn movie. How was that? Uh, it, was, it was good. It was not what I expected. Very, very sexual. Um, it's definitely not worth – you can't watch, watch it with kids. No. No, no. You don't want to watch it with the kids. It kind of leaves you like, huh. They're so they're they're doing a mystique with Harley Quinn in this one. You know what I mean? But I mean your va- your main villain which has been revealed is Poison Ivy. Okay. Which is which is cool. Uh it's been in all the trailers and stuff like that, so that's not spoilers to anybody. Um so I I'd recommend watching it. The digital copies out. I think you can buy you can buy the 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 physical copy now there's that and then i think that's really all i have chuck anything else you can no, remember no i think we're good connect with george r. r martin on all of his uh he doesn't do social media but we do yes we do we're on active geek underscore on twitter we're active geek on facebook we are the active geek on instagram we are active geek podcast on soundcloud and itunes apple podcast and we are the active geek podcast on spreaker under the Geek Culture Cast Network, where you can find us, Legends of the Panel Podcast, Fort My Tartars, and Microburst Podcast, so you can check us all out. Give us some five-star reviews. We could use your help. We want to climb the list. We want to make more great content. We're not asking for money or anything like that. Take five minutes out of your time and give us a, a, a review. It would be super awesome. Uh, if you like it, if you hate it, give us a one-star review. I don't care. Just review us. Yeah. We want to know if we... We want to know if there's any problems. We can fix it. Um, and if you want to hear me talk more about sci-fi, you can check out the Galaxy Wars podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and that's with my buddy Tom. Um, so become a brother without banners. Uh, we're going to have to make our own banner at the Active Geek Podcast, Active Geek Productions over here, so we can have our own house, House Active Geek. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you got two years to catch up on Game of Thrones if you haven't watched it. See ya.